It's time for Money for Lunch, where we feed your brain and your business with supersized portions of business and financial news. Now your host, Bert Martinez. All right, welcome back, everybody. I have Glenn Sandler on the show today, and Glenn Sandler is a CPA and founder of GITax.com. And Glenn is going to be walking us through this PPP stuff, right? PPP and the PPP forgiveness program. I think that this is something that uh, you're going to want to take notes on. It's going to be, I think, uh, very important. Glenn Sandler, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Uh, Thank you for having me. You bet. You bet. All right. So let's just dive into this. What is PPP and... uh, what is this PPP forgiveness all about? Well, um, I'm sure your listeners have heard about PPP for the last, I guess we're about going on the last six months. PPP stands for the pay, the Paycheck Protection Program that the, um, the government allowed small businesses to participate in so they can, while the, the uh, pandemic was going on and they lost business, that they'd be able to retain employees by paying the pay the payroll for their employees during the downtimes of business. Um, you had to apply for it. You had to send them some financial statements or some tax returns. You had to let them know what your sales were, what your payroll was. And then they came back with an amount that they thought they would get you through the, um, through the period. It originally started as an eight, oh, an eight week period of payback where they tried to pay you back for your payroll. That would be good for an eight week period of time. And then they increased it to 24 weeks, but didn't include didn't in, in, didn't increase the amount of money they gave you. They just gave you the, the um, an increased time to pay the payroll back to your employees. If you use it for, and I'll just I'd call it payroll, but 70 or 80 percent of it should be payroll. The other 20 percent could be rent or interest expense on a mortgage or utilities. But they want you to use it mainly for payroll for um, a period of time to get you through the pandemic so you can retain your employees. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, and so then uh, walk us through this uh, PPP forgiveness. How does that work? Um, This is a great conversation because if anybody thinks they know what's going on with PPP forgiveness, they're actually lying to you. Um, They've came out with a form about a month ago um, the SBA, you can get it on there on the SBA.gov website that had the application for applying for forgiveness. And it's like 12 pages. You almost need, you know, a CPA degree in order to be able to figure it out. But, um, but they also didn't implement it yet. It hasn't been implemented yet because the government keeps changing the way they want to handle it. Gotcha. The way it's at right now is if you receive less than $2 million in PPP, um, they're just it's going to be a one question thing to use it payroll. You say yes, and it's going to be the honor system type thing. So that's supposed to come out hopefully um, in the next uh, in hopefully in the next few weeks. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have any clients that got two million dollars. Most of my clients have gotten you know twenty, thirty, forty thousand maybe. I think I have one client that maybe got a hundred thousand dollars. But it must be like the Los Angeles Lakers that got $2 million in PPP. And yeah. they're going to have to fill out all these forms in order to get forgiveness for it. So. All right. Now, one of the things that you said is 
at, at this point, don't ask for forgiveness. You're, you're advising a lot of your clients to wait. Why, why, why should we wait? Um, because what's going to happen is, I believe, um, from dealing with the IRS and the government for the last, you know, umpteen years, if you're one of the ones that are going to ask for forgiveness early and fill out this form, you're going to be one of the people who get audited. And it's going to go through the audit process. I believe what's going to happen because they're going to give this uh, this forgiveness to the small business people with just filling out a one a one question application basically is because they don't have the resources to audit all these companies. They don't want to have a a, a workforce for the IRS that's going to go in and audit somebody that got say a seven thousand dollar PPP um, you know award type deal. So I'm the always one, I, I, what I try to do is, um, like when I deal with the IRS and audits, I don't answer questions until they're asked. Okay, what happens with the IRS, if you start offering information, it becomes a problem. Right. I think the same thing is gonna be with the PPP stuff. If they're not requiring you to do it, then don't do it. And that's why I advise all my clients. Um, they call me all the time, we call them, we keep in touch with them. I read about it every single day, um, and because they all have questions, but you almost have, if they gave you 24 weeks from the date you received the money to be able to apply for forgiveness. So you're talking the middle of November, December, before it's really going to be a problem. And again, I wouldn't offer any information to the government until, until they ask for it. Sure. I think that's a, I think it's a smart move. I mean, here we are, we're, we're, uh, we're coming up on the election. I could see the president as a way of raising his approval and getting more votes. Uh, just forgiving a bunch of uh, of these loans automatically. And I think they should. What's happening, and again, I, I appreciate this, and what's happening, and again, this is all the way I feel about it from dealing with thousands of clients over years and years and years, is that the government is giving this money to businesses that can't afford to pay their payroll. So what's going to happen if they go and audit them and they, they say that they didn't use it for the right reason, they're not going to have the money to pay them back anyway. And I think that they don't want to go and audit people that they're not going to be able to collect anyway. Auditors, the IRS, they, they kind of make a determination because they have desks full of audit files, okay, that come across their desk that they have to select for audit. What they do is they look at them and they say, okay, I can collect money on this one. If they don't think that they have a way to retain some income or get some money from these files, they don't audit that file. The same thing is with this PPP stuff. Why go back and audit all these people and make them fill out all this forgiveness stuff? Because if they didn't do it the right way, they're not going to be able to pay it back anyway. And it's going to be a, you know, a fruitless cause. And I think they're, they're weighing that. If they go in and audit somebody that got $2 million, they can make a difference. To audit the guy got $7,000, it's, it's a waste of their time because he's not going to be able to pay it. Right. Absolutely. All right. So let me ask you this. Uh, as far as the PPP program, is that done? I mean, can people, is it too late for somebody to apply? It is done as of now. I think August 6th was the last day. But what happened, what I found out was that even some banks um, allowed you to apply for it up to the fourth, or third, fourth, or fifth. But what happened was on August 6th or August 8th, I can't remember what the date was, it ended. So there's a lot of applications that are still in process where the people haven't gotten paid. And I feel that if they come up with a new stimulus thing, they're going to open that back up again. Um, I hope they do. I have a lot of clients that were in the process of receiving their PPP money and the time ran out and now they're just kind of sitting there in limbo. So, okay. So let me ask you this. Um, 
when it comes to the PPP program, do you have, you know, does it work for, let's say, a, a sole proprietor who's not, who, who hasn't, let's say he's, he's just a sole proprietor. He doesn't have an LLC or a corporation. Maybe it's just him and, and one employee. Would, would it? That or, is, like, yeah. that yes, the answer to your question is yes. Um, and a lot of accountants didn't understand this, that they thought you had to have payroll in order to be able to qualify for the PPP. I even was watching, um, I can't remember what it was, but Trump had some kind of um, people at the White House and he, they were asking the questions. And one of the people actually were in Tampa, in Florida, and they said, that, what can he help them with? Because they are a small business, they don't pay payroll. How come they can't qualify for the PPP? Well, they did qualify for it. I actually called them, found their business, called them and told them that they were allowed to get the PPP stuff and we would help them apply for it because a lot of people didn't understand it. They gave it to self-employed people. They gave it to people that didn't pay themselves payroll because most small businesses, unfortunately, don't pay themselves payroll checks. So they're the ones that really needed the help with the PPP program. And if you read, if you read through it in the fine print, you just had to use it for payroll after you received it and um, you, would, you would qualify for it. And what it was is they'll, they'll, um, the allowance was you can pay payroll for uh, an eight week period of time for somebody to made up to $100,000 a year. So if you took 100,000 divided by 12, multiplied by two and a half, which is two and a half months, it came out to about $21,000. And that's what most self-employed people got was a check for $21,000. If they had two owners, they got 42,000. But um, a lot of accounts didn't understand it. And then at the very end of the program, I started getting phone calls from people that wanted to apply for it. And I think the last, the last week, we probably got close to 100 people PPP money. I still have 20 or 30 people that are sitting there with these applications out there that haven't received the money, unfortunately. Wow, so it sounds like the program is really open to anybody as long as you use it like you said i think 80 percent needs to go to payroll and then the other 20 percent you have some discretion with and i think or 100 percent to payroll okay 100 you know payroll and that's the easiest way is just make right. it all payroll and then you don't have to submit you know rent contracts and all that kind of stuff so yes it was a great program um for the small business person it really helped a lot of our clients to get them through the time of the original part of the pandemic. Um, restaurants, they needed it. You know, now what they used it for was mainly the restaurants. They used it to be able to um, update their their businesses so they can do a lot of takeout. Right. So what they did is they closed out their restaurants. They hired some people to take out. They had some drivers and they hired a bunch of cooks and their their in restaurant business became um takeout business and it really helped a lot of restaurants it helped a lot of companies it helped my company you know i want to be able to keep my people because at the very beginning people don't show up anymore and you right. want to retain your people my people basically it was seamless to them this whole pandemic thing because they never missed a paycheck and thank god for the ppp stuff that i was able to do that to use it to be able to pay them their salaries you know everything that was going on with them and they, they never missed a day of work so it did it work it worked well. The program was great. Yeah. I don't usually say the government did a great thing. Okay. They, they did a great thing with the PPP program. And you know what? I agree with you. I think that as an employee, uh, you hear about all these businesses being closed down and immediately 
you're thinking, how is this going to affect me? And and it's a wonderful thing to to be able to do what you did, which is to not to have to lay anybody off, to continue to pay them and, and give them that security that uh, employees look for, because that it can be very scary during this massive period of uncertainty. So that, that's a great thing. People were unemployed. I mean, it was a it was a lot of people that were unemployed. And I apologize about cutting you off, but my hopefully my employees didn't stress out about that stuff. They didn't have to worry about if they were going to be able to go to a grocery store or you know be able to eat during the weekend or if they were going to have a job to come into. And um, we as employers want to make sure that we take care of our people. And by letting them not have that stress of what everybody else hears about on the news and on you know and you turn the TV on and you think the world's you know falling apart. Hopefully your employees don't feel that way and they stay productive. They stay happy actually. And, you know, they come to work, they, um, they don't call in sick. They didn't all worry about the pandemic and said they were going to go on unemployment. You know, they, they all stayed and hopefully they appreciate that. I mean, hopefully they do. Yeah. 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 Uh, and I'm sure that they did. I mean, that, that's, that's gotta be a great relief because as you mentioned, there was millions that, got kicked to the curb. They had no choice. Uh, you mentioned restaurants. I mean, you, you think of the millions of servers who, you know, th there's just no way that, that you're going to be able to do anything with the restaurant that's not open. Servers can't serve. Therefore, they can't make any money. And, and to be able to, you know, to open up a little bit or to be able to give them something, uh, I think that's tremendous because, I, you know, I think the statistic is something like 80% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. And so uh, that's I know people make a few hundred thousand dollars a year to live paycheck to paycheck. Yes. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you make twenty five thousand dollars a year or two hundred. You still yeah. live within your means. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, what's so funny is, you know, there, there's even millionaires that live paycheck to paycheck, you know. And, and so any kind of disruption, you know, affects them just like it affects everybody else. And, and they file bankruptcy just like everybody else. Uh, you know, and so, you know, it, it is about living within your means. And, and, and if you're fortunate enough to fortunate enough to make two or 300 grand a year, uh, hopefully you're smart enough not to, not to live on the edge or exceed that. And, and that's, and that's, uh, you know, that's a, a great way to provide yourself peace of mind. If you're, you know, there was a, a gentleman years ago that I met and, uh, he was, uh, very successful. And he said that, his strategy was to try to live on 20% of what him and his wife made, wow. which is ridiculously hard. And, but he says that because that, that was their strategy, they were, they invested everything else and, and, and they were quickly able to amass a, a large amount of money and, and, and uh, invested. And, and anyway, he, he's got a very interesting story, but very, very, very few people are willing to sacrifice to that extent, right? I mean, you have to, that, that's a crazy I agree. I mean, it's, it's, Yes, it's it's amazing that that happens. And there is a book out there called Die Broke, which is the other side. Right. Which is, why why die with a, pen, with a dollar in the bank? You know, use it to go on vacation or something. But um, yes, restaurant workers now, on the good but bad side, I don't know how you look at it. Restaurant workers are hardworking people. They're really smart, they deal with hours, they deal with really, really difficult business, and now they're out there to be hired. There's somebody that has to hire somebody for a manager in their non-restaurant business. 
they have unbelievable employees to choose from because there's a lot of people that came out of the restaurant business that are now in play. And they, I'm telling you, restaurant people work hard, man. They work till wee hours of the morning. They take a bunch of crud from customers. They have people calling in sick and they have, it, it's a rough, rough business, but they're out there now. And I'm trying to find a few of them so I can open up some more offices and hopefully have some managers from my offices. But you know what? Amazing employees. That, that's a great strategy. I, I'm glad you said that because you're absolutely right, man. If you're a if you're a manager or a general manager, you're 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 working, you know, 60, 70, 80 hours a week, right. uh, weekends and holidays. You know, yes. and so they would be so grateful to come to work for a, a nine to five. Hey, I'll be glad to work fifty hours for you and not have to put in a you know too many Saturdays. That would be a gift. And that's what people should be looking for now, because there's still this what a million a million people last week filed for unemployment, yeah, which is way down from where it was. Okay, I mean, it was right. it was ridiculous. Well, but I think at one point people, we had, I think at one point didn't we have like twenty two percent unemployment or something like that? It was higher than that. I mean, it was you know forty percent. I think you're right. I think it forty percent. Yeah. It was tens of millions of people out of jobs. And you know what it is also, I mean, we back up to your employees, hopefully that they don't, you know, freak out and they, 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 you know, keep their lives going in the right direction. You keep them happy and they can keep their lives going. Um, they're watching the news and again, 8 million different stories. You know, the world's falling apart. The world's not falling apart. You're going to be fine. You're not going to be fine. You're never going to have another job. The world's going to burn down. These uncertainties affect your people. I mean, they say suicide rates are higher. They say depression rates are higher. Um, drug use goes up. If you can have your employees be comfortable and not have a big change in their lifestyle, hopefully you avoid all that kind of stuff. And that's what we did as a company. We tried to just make it as simple as possible for our employees so they didn't have to worry about things that they were hearing about, you know, on the streets, you know, in the grocery stores, on the TV channels and so on and so forth. And our customers benefited from it, you know, because now my employees are still fine. They're, they're happy. They come to work and they can take care of their customers. And, and it's all a result of uh, the PPP program and the EIDL program. We haven't spoken about that program. The EIDL program is the other side of the SBA that they, they um, gave grants and loans to businesses for during this period of time. Where you go I'm not familiar with that. It's E-I-D-L? Yep, emergency, um, something, disaster assistance. Okay, and it was you can still apply for it also. That's still okay. open. Okay, you can still apply for that on the SBA website. If you go to SBA.gov, Economic Injury Disaster Loan Program. That's you it. You put your information in there. Based on your business code, they will give you a loan for 30 years at 1%. The majority of my clients now that are applying for it are getting $150,000 loans. And they're at 1% for 30 years. They're great programs. And the way I look at it is, the PPP program was for today. Okay, so get you through business today to pay you for payroll and that kind of deal. The EIDL program was for tomorrow, was to be able to lend money to businesses so that they can grow, look at the future, invested more cars, more trucks, more people. And then this is a period of time where they could take their restaurant to two restaurants, okay, to two locations. Or if you have a guy that's a carpenter, he can buy another truck and hire another person. 
but the, the SBA put out this program at the same time. Um, and like I said, it's still available today. If you go onto the SBA website, you can still apply for it. Now it's kind of weird. You apply for it. You get an application number. Okay. You'll get an application number. And then in a few weeks, you'll get an email that said you've been approved. After you sign the documents in a few days, you get your money. And the most of the people that I, that I'm working with right now, just regular small businesses, like I said, are getting $150,000 loans. Wow. That's good. Now, over let me ask you this. Everybody, everybody can do it. So, so what about if you're an independent contractor, you're self-employed, does that still uh, qualify for E, is, what is it, EIDL? 100%. 100%. And what it does is they, um, like I had somebody just got rejected because I didn't realize that the business code for real estate rentals or real estate management is one of the codes that doesn't qualify for the EIDL, the EIDL program. But if you're a regular business, a restaurant, self-employed, sole proprietorship, LLC, corporation, you just fill out the form. It takes about a five-minute form. And um, like I said, you have some business, I have a manufacturing company, got $400,000. And what it is, it's a 30-year loan. You don't have to start paying it back for one year from now. And then it's, well, I think it's, I said 1%. It's actually 3% but it's a 30 year payback. So you can use it to expand your business. So um, I don't know if people listening to you guys are uh, Republicans or conservatives or Democrats or whatever, but what I think Trump did when he got into office and it happened with this, with this um, help that they're giving everybody through the pandemic is I think he uncorked the SBA. The SBA is lending money now like I've never seen it. I think what happened was Trump said, listen, if we're going to lend all this money for people to go to college and we're going to put all this money out there for college, for college loans, let's give money to some business people. Let them use it to be productive. So it's very easy now to get money from the SBA compared to what it was a few years ago. Right now, if you go and apply for it, you can get, I think it's up to a $350,000 loan or $250,000 and you can have the money in two or three weeks. You'd never be able to do that with the SBA. It used to be a six-month process, an eight-month process where they ask you for 8 million documents and you got to sign your kids over. Right now, a lot of these loans, they don't even require collateral. Wow. And they're, they're out there. You just have to be familiar with it. And you should go to your tax preparer, go to your accountant, and ho hopefully they understand what's going on. If not, find one that does know what's going on. My job and our firm's job is to work for our, and for our customers. Anything that we can do to help our customers, we'll do. So if we have to go and do hours of research to find out ways to get in the back door of something to help people out. We're there. A lot of our companies have gotten this EIL, EIDL loan. And like I said, I got a guy just got $150,000 yesterday. He is a, um, he's an IT company. He's the kind of company that comes into your business and he takes care of your computers and that kind of deal. And he wanted to expand and he wanted to hire some more people. He just got $150,000 grant and he's taking his business to the next level. And all he did, he, I think he applied for it two weeks ago. That's so it's, out there. it's out there. Yeah. And I think you're right, because uh, anybody who's ever tried to work with the SBA, it is a monstrously long process, tons of documentation. It's slow. It's painful. Uh, to, to be able to get money two, three weeks is unheard of. Right. <laughs> no, it's great. Um, and, it, you know, we have we're starting to sell franchises. So our franchisees are now applying for SBA loans. And they're getting their SBA loans. 
So it's, um, I think the government is now at the point where it's, it's small business um, focused and they're doing everything they possibly can to help out the small business, which is what the PPP program was and what the EIDL program was. It wasn't so the Los Angeles Lakers can go get $20 million in a PPP loan. That's not what it was intended for, okay? Even though they did something like that, a lot of big businesses did that, unfortunately, but it helped way more small businesses um, be able to get through this mess and be able to expand their business and become better business yeah. people. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and one of the things uh, uh, that some of these big companies have is that they have the resources, the manpower to, to, to investigate what is this program about, how do we apply, let's do it, versus a small business person is going to go, you know, I don't know what to do, I don't know who to call, uh, I don't know, you know, whatever. And so that's why a lot of them didn't even apply. They were just overwhelmed, uh, you know, call it fear, you know, whatever. But bottom line is, if they would have had somebody like you or, or, you know, maybe another preparer that could help them with the process, they would have had even more applications. But a lot of people that I talked to said, I wasn't going to even try, you know, dealing with the government never works out, blah, blah, blah. And a lot of people didn't try. And then and then there's a lot of people who were just afraid to try. Unfortunately, you know. Yeah, unfortunately. And then and. What it is, and I'm not saying that I'm, I'm, you know, my business the best business in the universe, but it kind of is. Um, we at GI Tech, we we um, we are proactive. We went to our customers, you know, because we're probably 65% small business with our with our customers. So we have to be aware of this because the guy that's hanging screens, he doesn't have time to do this. The guy that's mowing right. lawns doesn't have time to do this. The guy that's you know, catching fish and selling it to the guys in town. They don't have time to do this. The Los right. Angeles Lakers have an army full of people to do it. Yes. Okay, that's, why, for, that's why companies like GI Tax, and anybody can call us if they want to, or just visit us on our website, or go to, to a local guy that, that, you, that, you, um, that you referred to. But their job is to be that person for the small business person. Because our customers don't want to, even though I'm a CPA, I don't charge CPA rates, um, they're scared to go to CPAs. They think it's going to cost them a lot of money. You know, we have we have free consultations and we talk to people. And, you know, if you do business with us on a tax basis, you get to utilize this all year for free financial advice. So our customers come in all year. Yeah. You know, they come in, grab a cup of coffee, sit down and say, you know, should I lease a car, buy a car? What do you hear about this PPP program? Can you help me? I've had family members from different states calling me and saying, can you help me apply for PPP? Because you did it for my brother. You did it for my uncle. We did it for a family member. And the question is, yes. I mean, we're here. You know, it's funny because our hours got longer during the pandemic because of this PPP stuff. And we didn't charge anybody for it. You know, I mean, we just felt like it was our obligation for our customers to help them through this kind of stuff. And we spent hours and hundreds of hours applying for this stuff. Because you know what happens? If our small business customer gets better and has more locations, then we have more business. Plus, we're able to help people out, which it's not always about money. If you walk into a CPA's office and say hello, they ask for directions, they're going to send you a bill. Well, you need to find somebody that's like us that is there. It's not all about money. It's about doing the right job and helping your customers out. And you know what? Then it all translates into, you know, being able to buy G.I. Joe's Kung Fu Grip, you know? That's it. Well, you know what? And you and I talked about this before the show, that, that everything's built on relationships.
everything. And that, and that the better your relationship, that gives you a, a competitive advantage. And, and sometimes we forget how important those relationships are. They are the most important part of your business. And that's what we we're talking before about all these people working remote. Um, it's okay, but you can't work remote with your customer. You know what I mean? You have to be there for your customer. Our customers love coming in. They right. love grabbing a cup of coffee and seeing the person face to face that's giving them their, their information about the PP program that's gonna save their family. You gotta realize this, this was a lifeline for a lot of companies that wouldn't have been able to stay or go through this thing without this additional amount of funds. You know, $40,000 for a restaurant that's been closed for two or three weeks, it's, it's a lifesaver. You know, it, it's, it's amazing how good it was for so many companies. Now, there might have been a lot of fraud out there. You don't really know because whenever you have a program like this, there's always people that try to take advantage of it. But you know what? For the people that it was intended for, I give the government all the credit in the world, man. I mean, it worked It worked really, really well. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Glenn, we're out of time. I want to pop up your website here one more time. You can reach Glenn Sandler at uh, gitax.com, gitax.com. Glenn, thank you so much for uh, helping out uh, – uh, your your customers and helping out uh, fellow entrepreneurs. And thanks so much for stopping by. Looking forward to having you back again. Thank you very much. Anytime. All righty. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.